grab me a beer and grab him a coke. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. It used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, talk shop, and reminisce about crazy old stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with someone and reminisce about the good old days. Most weeks I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. Former pro wrestler turned comic, Matt Marin. What's up? <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice little pro wrestling intro there. There you go. Yeah. yeah. What's up, man? How are you? Good, good. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wanted you to plug everything up front. I know you do uh, Comedy Fight Club, yes. everything like that. Let everybody know where they can find you. Tell everybody what's going on. So I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Real Matt Marin Comedy Fight Club, best roast battle show in the fucking world. Dun, 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 dun. At Comedy Fight NYC um, and YouTube.com/slash Comedy Fight Club to watch all of our new episodes. We are coming up. We have at the Stand Comedy Club on September 11th, seven year anniversary of Comedy Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> Seven years ago, we decided to do a roast battle on 9-11 and then just kept doing it. So it became our anniversary. Oh, wow. Uh, That's fitting for you guys. And uh, just some locker room talk on Twitter and Instagram. The podcast is Locker Room Talk. I do with Joe Gorman and Bobby Sheehan. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys do on that? Um, honestly, it's just three dudes hanging out, having some locker room talk. Okay. <laughs> and uh, some wait, people think it's like sp- I'm the sports fan. Joe and Bobby know nothing about sports. It's just so anytime we say anything offensive, which is like every episode, we, it was just a little locker room yeah, talk. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, that's the weird thing is uh, more and more, especially in New York, I'm starting to realize that the comedy scene is filled with a lot of like nerds yeah there's um like i try to like yeah i, I played sports my whole life and the yeah. people who care about it in comedy are like bill burr and paul verzi yeah like, the people i do mics with don't mm, give a shit and I'm yeah there's like, a what? lot of um well uh, so i started like 2012 or so so when i first started doing stand-up is all the people influenced by like, the pat Oswalt, comedians yeah. of comedy louis ck which uh so it was Dimitri all like Martin, all yeah those, yeah and, and also although dana gould all those guys are like beasts of comics like, i don't think you're less of like less funny if you're doing nerd comedy if anything but it went so far the other way where it's like there's so few comics I could talk to about sports. Yeah, I've, I've noticed it too because it's it's weird because I have the bit about cutting my own face open when I played football in yeah. college, and whenever I bring it up, like in a, like if I'm running it in a, at an open mic to like get the timing down because I have yeah. a set coming up, everyone's just kind of like, oh, you're a psycho, but that's weird. But whenever I bring it up, to, like if I do it at a show and another yeah. like older comic hears it, every once in a while they'll be like, you played fucking college football in Florida, yeah. and I'm like. Thank you. Yes. Dude, it's just anywhere, do any road gig anywhere, mention a local sports team. Even the nerds in Cincinnati know about the Bengals. Yeah. Like They're like, yeah. Some of it is in New York. There's so many things to do other than you could live in New York and not know how the Knicks are doing. Well, and that's the weird yeah. thing about it, too, is that uh, 
basketball is obviously king, and then it's baseball, and then it's football. And I grew up in the South, mm. where the only thing anybody ever cared about was football. Yeah, and is it hockey? Is I'm a big hockey fan. Hockey's like it's weird. It seems like it's not really that popular in New York, but the Rangers and Islanders will sell twenty thousand tickets every game. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's just New York is so big. Yeah, there's so much going on, um, and it's interesting in comedy because I grew up like I was like the nerd of the sports fans because okay. I like I grew up studying baseball statistics like God. even though I like became a wrestler like bulked up and everything I'm still like an unathletic Jewish kid on the inside <laughs> like that's always in there where did you uh, grow up at in Queens oh so you grew up in New York yeah okay and uh, yeah grew up playing little league every sport and I was always at a certain point the athleticism would catch up because I was the most dedicated I was uh, studying baseball history yeah. I learned how to do math by calculating batting averages and on base percentage <laughs> but at a certain point athleticism catches up so like one year it's tryouts for the first time and I'm like I'm probably not going to make a team but there were 12 teams and only 10 people trying out for catcher so I became a catcher no matter what yeah. I learned how to call pitches when I was like 11 no other oh, wow. kid was calling pitches just any advantage I could get to stay playing sports but that was the thing I always like I had the same interests as the jocks but the same athletic ability as the nerds <laughs> so I kind of got along with everyone which is why even in comedy now I get along with people but I'm still watching football every Sunday if I'm, yeah. if I'm home on a night I'm watching baseball games like, Who's your team? The Jets um, or the Giants? I'm New York sports in every sport but football. Please, oh, really? Please don't kick me off the podcast. No, not at all. I'm, I'm, ca I'm a Cowboys fan. Are you really? Yeah. Did not see that coming. So I grew up in New York where the Jets and Giants were in Jersey, so I didn't really root for them. Yeah. Um, I grew up, I would drive past Nassau Coliseum. I knew where Yankee Stadium and MSG was, but the Jets, Giants, that's as far away as anything. Yeah. So I had favorite players. I had a Brett Favre poster on my wall as a kid. Okay. The teams that were I played as in Madden would be my favorite teams for a year. Um, and then in high school, a buddy of mine moved up from Texas, and he had beer that he would get. He was underage. I don't know how he got it. But he would let us all come over and drink beer and watch football on the so weekends. you just love the Cowboys. The rule was you could only drink my beer if you would for the Longhorns and Cowboys. <laughs> so you became a Cowboys fan. Yeah, and that was the year the Longhorns won the title. Okay. So that it's was young. just yeah, such yeah. a magical football year. I'm like, I'm with you on football. So that's what I tell people, too. It's like, I didn't get the Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman. I got the Romo years, the yeah. Cowboys fan. God. <laughs> Did you, um, you said that was in high school. Was that when you guys first started drinking or were you drinking before that? That was, that was my first like drinking crew. Was it? Yeah. I was 15 and, uh, that my buddy from Texas was a year older than me. And we had two, my high school was across the street from Queensboro Community College okay. in Queens. And so two of those guys were like 19 and they knew where to go to drink after school on Bell Boulevard. Anyone in Queens probably knows this already. You can go to Bell Boulevard and they did an ID, especially yeah. after school during the weekdays. Especially oh, yeah. back in that day. So we would go, and I would, uh, that was when uh, Texas Hold'em was really big on ESPN. Yeah, I remember. So we all thought we were real bad. We would go and play Texas Hold'em and drink in bars after school. Really? <laughs> yeah. At like 15? Yeah. That's awesome. I was one, I was uh, 15. The other guy was 16, two 19-year-olds. Yeah. And there was one kid who was like 13 and went to a junior high school that hung out with us. He We called him Scrappy because he just wanted to fight everybody all the time. Really? <laughs> yeah, but that was like our main crew. God, how long were you? guys all hanging out together about a year year and a half okay uh most of us were getting in trouble i was yeah, like kind of class clown in school and stuff and then that was my first I would, so i was like troublemaker but the teacher would always say he's a good kid who needs to keep his mouth shut like i was never a bad kid i was a good kid misbehaving yeah being mischievous um but then yeah around that time is when um i had just uh done my last wrestling tournament my first girlfriend broke up with me and i was like, at 15 yeah i was drinking and fighting <laughs> 
I was it's getting, so funny yeah. you say this because we just had TJ Francis on yeah. a couple weeks ago. Um, oh yeah, happy birthday! This is your birthday episode. Thank this will you. come out in about ten days. But okay, yeah, we'll 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 date it a little bit. But yeah. we had TJ Francis on, and he had kind of a similar story where he yeah. started drinking in like eighth grade. Yeah, and then he really wanted to make the high school baseball team, and it was an intense team. Yeah, and so he like. The way he put it, it sounded like a story you'd hear in AA. Like he cleaned up his life, started going to church, started uh, working out. And I'm like, you were eight, eighth grade going into ninth grade. Yeah. And you had kind of a similar situation. Well, no, mine was, I was. Um, but you were going kinda, down. Yeah. yeah. That was, um, yeah, I had this like. But it's like, still that same story you'd hear at like a meeting yeah, kind exactly, of a setup. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, my girl broke up with me. Yeah. Well, I, it, was probably the, it was probably the end of my athletic career because I had done amateur wrestling tournaments and then that next year was they, that through high school or was that on your own? I was on my. I had friends who were on high school teams, and you can enter the tournaments as a walk on in the summer. So I would do a whole tournament as a walk on tournament just to qualify for the real tournament. Yeah. And then um, I had also taken like judo classes. I was doing other martial arts stuff. I did a judo move in a wrestling match that was illegal in Greco-Roman wrestling, which had happened before, and I would get dock points and then just be fine. Um, this time the guy got hurt, and so I was. What happened? Um, yeah, he landed on his head. He had a sprain in his neck. He ended up being fine, but oh, okay. it, it, it looked bad. But you like killed somebody? Yeah, no, I didn't kill anyone. <laughs> but they stopped allowing walk-ons in. And <laughs> these so assholes I, don't know what they're doing. Yeah, in my so high wait, school, you stopped walk-ons for the entire state of New York. Yeah, one of my friends who still did wrestling later on said someone they called it the Matt Marin rule. There you go. <laughs> I mean, locally, I don't know if that yeah. was like everywhere in New York or anything, um, but it was just for those specific tournaments. Um, but then, uh, yeah, then uh, that was my freshman year of high school. Um, I tried out for the baseball team, didn't make it. Ah, shit. Uh, first girlfriend, like quote unquote girlfriend. She lived in Florida and we talked on AOL Instant Messenger yeah, mostly. <laughs> we met like two or three You're times in real life. Maddie's um, a little slut. But in my head, I'm like. Um, what part of Florida I, did she live in? I don't remember. I was gonna say I might have yeah. known. Yeah, uh, yeah. I um, she had family in New York, so okay. she was up here in the summer, and we met. And we, I was like, yeah, I'll, I could handle a long distance relationship to <laughs> At aim. 15. Yeah. Oh god. So break up with this girlfriend. Um, also, the reason we broke up was um, her cousin didn't like me and kept talking shit about me, and then I punched him. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> and then she broke up with me for breaking a bone in her cousin's face. It wasn't really me. It was the gr I punched him and he fell and hit the ground. That's that's the ground actually, is what broke his face. It's but so funny you say that. For me, I always was like I fucking broke, broke his, his face. face yeah. <laughs> I get so terrified. I actually just had this conversation with Savannah last night, and I ended up writing making a bit about it that I'm going to try yeah. out today. But she was like, "When was the last time you actually punched anyone in the face?" Yeah, and we like we're going back and forth about this. And I was like, oh, I guess 2016. Yeah. And that wasn't even really a fight. It was my roommate wanted to get out of work. And we were, this is back when I was drinking and we were both hammered. And he goes, just hit me in the face as hard as you can. <laughs> and that was the last time I, because before that it was in jail and that was in 2014. Yeah. So, but I told her exactly what you're talking about. I was like, I'm scared to get into an altercation now because I'm a lot stronger than I was then. Yeah. 
And if you hit someone and knock them out and then they crack their head on the concrete, yeah. they could die very yeah. easily, especially the back of their head. Yeah. That soft spot. Yeah. Like you could kill somebody. Yeah. I got, I mean, I got, he like fractured his cheekbone. Yeah. That's what it was. But then, yeah, girl wakes up with me. I can't wrestle anymore. I'm not playing baseball. Out. And I just start hanging out with these guys after school and drinking. These hoodlums. Yeah. I'm almost having this like, uh, well, this is my life now. My life is, <laughs> I'm like 15 and I'm like, everything I wanted to do is done. <laughs> All of my dreams. Life is over at 15. So then yeah. what ended up happening? So we were talking about it outside, uh, how you kind of got into stand-up. But how did you go from amateur wrestling and then into high school, not making any of the teams and then yeah. not like what, what? How did you end up getting into professional wrestling? So around my senior year, or like I guess it was somewhere between junior and senior year. One of my friends who had done I'd done amateur wrestling with. Um, his older brother was working on the independent circuit as a pro wrestler. Okay. And he would sometimes go to the show, set up the ring and stuff. And I think for a little while he'd been asking me to come because I'd watched wrestling like as a kid. Yeah, you're um, a big wrestling fan, correct? Um, I've got back into it. Yeah, yeah, I watched it as a kid. My parents banned me from watching because they heard some kid was doing a move and killed someone, oh, which shit. smart move I would have yeah. liked. So even when I was doing amateur wrestling, I didn't tell my parents at first because I didn't. Th- I thought I'm not allowed to be wrestling. They would. <laughs> well, yeah, because you were only like 14 at the yeah. time. Uh, no, I started like at 12. Okay, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know the difference. My parents told me I'm not allowed to wrestle. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, then um, I started watching again actually because in like my sophomore or junior high school, one of my teachers ended up getting fired because he was a wrestler and he wrestled in Japan when he was like for taking sick days. Yeah. And he ended up in WWE. Oh, really? As Matt Stryker. And he was doing a teacher character on TV. Oh, really? With the chalkboard in the ring, lecturing the fans about how they're dumb and uneducated. So I started watching again and got back into it. So then when my friends, like my old brother does this, you used to wrestle, you have a big mouth. I think you could maybe come and hang out with these guys and see what happens. So I started going to set up the ring beforehand, talking to some of the guys. And if we set up the ring early enough, they would teach us some stuff. Oh, that's they awesome. They would let us talk on the microphone a bit. They said I had good mic skills. Which I didn't know what that meant at the time. I was just imitating my favorite guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have me talk to fans as they would come into the building, like kind of like warm up. Yeah. But I didn't know what warm up was, and I wanted to be a bad guy, so I would just insult people. As yeah, they you were just a heel. The and they were like, "Well, your life trajectory makes so much more sense." Now. Yeah. And so they're like, "All right, we'll we'll train you on some things," which I didn't know what I meant at the time. In hindsight, I meant we're gonna beat the shit out of you and try and get you to quit. Yeah. And, um. But yeah, I was in a class with like ten people, and it was literally just uh, workouts. For so the this first was two for weeks. the summer? Um, it was uh, spring. It was over the weekend. Okay. Um, this is like spring of my senior year. So of summer of junior year into your senior year. I'm going and setting yeah. up the ring and everything. And then by like spring of senior year, they say they'll train me. Okay. And so it's like, um, yeah, first day is just on a track, two mile run, a five mile run, they said. After the first two miles, we get a book bag with 20 pounds weights. Yeah, there you go. And then for the last mile, it's just off the track up a hill. Oh, and they put us in some barn house with no air conditioning some basement and it's just uh, before you leave here you have to do 200, 300 push ups 500 sit ups 1000 squats and oh, it took God. me like 3 hours I was I was skinny from amateur wrestling still and I finished I think there were 2 or 3 kids who finished after me maybe they didn't even finish one kid quit Next week, there's three of us. Yeah. And then we started learning how to take falls, which are not fake. Yeah. <laughs> you learn how to fall safely, not ways that have no pain. Well, that's the thing, too, is because yeah. <clears throat> we were talking about this outside, and I know I mentioned this to you before, but 
AEW was born in Jacksonville, yeah. and Tony Khan was one of my regulars at the restaurant I worked at down there. And I got to know him real well. So when, well, not real well, I got to know him. Yeah. And so then when AEW was going, we would go, he would give us tickets and we would all nice. go to the events. And yeah. then during the pandemic, when they still wanted an audience, he would, they would only give out a certain number of tickets so we mm -hmm. could all socially distance and stuff. And so he came to the restaurant and gave a bunch of us tickets. Yeah. And I remember going there watching it live because I hadn't been to a live event since like Bash at the Beach in 96. Wow. Yeah. I might... Wait, you were at that one? Yeah. That was, um, was Undertaker. that the, what, uh, oh, uh, Bash or SummerSlam. Summer, no, no. Because Bash at the Beach was the Hulk Hogan WCW. That's, oh. yeah, yeah. That okay. was WCW. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. That's the one I went to. And then yeah. um, I remember we did go to a Raw one time. Yeah. Um, and that's where I saw The Undertaker. But yeah. I hadn't been to wrestling since then. And I remember, because obviously they're really good seats because there's nobody in the audience. Yeah. And I remember watching it and like Darby Allen's like jumping off the top rope He's doing his coffin job. And yeah. I'm like, that's got to be painful. Yeah. Like just the physics of it, it has yeah. to hurt. And because AEW is predicated a lot on that like wrestling aspect. Like it's not yeah. like WWE where it's like, oh, big superstars and we get in there and the wrestling's almost secondary. The, the yeah. AEW, the wrestling's like the main thing. So they're flipping yeah. and flying. and Yeah. And well, I, that's that's where I have um, a little bit of a gripe when you say they're all about the wrestling and then it's all flipping and flying. To me, that's not wrestling. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, good point. No, I think it's AEW is more about the um, physicality of what's yeah. happening. Um, they do storyline stuff. WWE is way more about the entertainment. Um, I guess the physicality is the better, yeah. not wrestling, but yeah, physicality. Th if anything, I wish AEW were more about the wrestling. When yeah. there, there are, I keep up with some. I don't watch as much as I used to, but there's also some guys who I I'm not buddies with or close with, but I wore I was on the same shows as them years ago, and now they're the big guys. So yeah. that's cool to see. It is awesome to see. So I'll keep up with some of that, and I generally keep tabs because you know I still I did it for so long my yeah. body's like i don't do it anymore because of concussions knee injury I ended up having brain surgery Jesus Christ. so i i don't do it anymore but i still keep up with it and there's a lot of guys out there who do like you're watching them and it's like this feels like a real fight happening right yeah. now um i think because of mma a lot of people are like well everyone knows wrestling is fake so we can do fake looking stuff as long as it looks cool and to me i'm like i'm not here to see a fireworks show yeah exactly when i'm watching like a, mo a fight mo fight scene in a movie if it's too crazy like there's got to be even fast and furious movies are dumb but there's some level of this guy is hurt and you see the cuts on him and yeah. you see the like if you punch a guy in the face 30 times and there's no bruise or scratch or anything it kind of I kind of fast forward through a lot yeah. of movies but I wanted to get back to so like you were saying and the and what I was elaborating on was it hurts yes. it is painful yes. and then you had mentioned you know all your injuries and stuff so when you in the springtime you're learning how to do falls there's three yeah. of you in the class now and then how does it grow into because you actually did this for a yeah. while so, so how does a that week, continue uh, a couple weeks later I'm the only one in the class oh really um, and I was not like the most athletic or the most in shape. That goes back to the. Well, I was going to say what you're talking about earlier. Every other sport I played, yeah. I was the one to jump in the bottom of the pile all the time. And in wrestling, it really is way more about that than athleticism. At a certain point, you know, some guys who are freak athletes are still going to be able to do a lot more than you. Yeah. But the dedication and the being willing to get beat up and look come at John back, Moxley. Exactly. Being I love John Moxley is my favorite yeah. wrestler right now, and. The reason is, is because he's not shredded. He's yeah. not like 280 pounds. Yeah. He looks like a dude like 
just a dude. Like yeah. I would see at a bar during bike week in Daytona. Yeah. But he kicks the shit out of people. Yeah. And he gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. That's, I guess, um, yeah. My, when I watch wrestling, I, I don't want to see a guy who just looks like they could be me. Oh, uh, really? I, I want to watch a guy that's yeah, like. I, I like it though. I, yeah, I, I, I like, like looking it. at someone doing something that I could never do. Oh, see, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm different in that way. Yeah. Where when I watch it and I see John Moxley, like. I want to be able to relate to them personally. Yeah. But I also don't want, if I'm seeing someone doing something that I feel like I could do part of me is kind of like ah I'll go watch someone do something I can't do okay there you go that yeah. makes a lot of sense or at least um because pro it's all perception yeah. you don't need to actually be doing something I can't do make it look like you're doing something I can't do <laughs> that was that's what I was the master of because yeah. I couldn't do so much so I would just even the very basic things the things where you like twist someone's arm you twist it a second or a third time it looks insane you're not really doing it yeah obviously but you're just, yeah the whole thing is perception but anyway so I um I'm the last one in the class I'm just the one willing to take an ass kicking and I get thrown into a tag team match because that's one where I would have like less responsibility on me yeah and uh yeah I guess from there was kind of word of mouth like people like you could work the, with this guy how did the tag team match come about because right now you're just yeah. training so you're not actually in so the got two of the guys who were training me um were on the show and they're like will there's a match with two guys they're facing a tag team of newer people one guy and you'll be that newer guy's partner okay and you're just getting your ass kicked yeah so it's kind of an easy spot because even if i'm messing up the two guys are way bigger than me and they could just actually start kicking my ass and they'll still look <laughs> fine yeah um and uh yeah the very first move the guy uh we met the guys beforehand and my tag team partner had been doing it for a year he said at least in okay. hindsight he had no idea what he was doing but i'm the completely newer guy so i'm letting him do all the talking um and he was not good at doing all the talking he pissed these guys off before the match started because we're just getting our ass on kicked. purpose or just like no trying to just be being like and... no trying to be an overzealous kid who's like i want to do this i want to do that and they're like you're gonna fucking ruin this so we're gonna do whatever we want now so this is before this is just when you guys are talking going about the over ma the match so this isn't on like you know he's not like being like a this isn't a promo or anything. No, he's you like... You guys are just talking about... He's the like the comic that talks to you before the show and is like kind of a dick. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. He's like that. <laughs> Except now it's, we're about to go and do this illusion for an audience. <laughs> yeah. So if you mess you up... Piss them the fuck off. So if you mess up... Like, if me and you are wrestling, if you're messing up at... If I give you a move and you don't make it look like it hurts you, you make me look bad, you make you look bad... So we're going to make we sure now, it hurts you. Yeah. So just overall, if you can't trust the person, also, I'm giving you a body slam. You're relying on me to tuck your head so you don't break your neck. Like yeah. Everyone's working together at all times. So if you, in comedy, if someone's an asshole, it's kind of like whatever. In pro wrestling, if someone's an asshole and I don't trust them, that's my life in your hands. Yeah, absolutely. That's my ability to make money and get over with this crowd. So he's like we're talking to them and they kind of just say all right whatever we'll do whatever which to me is like i i want to know what we're doing yeah i would have let them do whatever they want he's kind of like i don't know i kind of want to do this it'll make me look a little better if i do this i'm like we're getting our asses kicked That's we're not gonna point, look yeah. good um and uh so yeah then i didn't do any of the talking so for all they know i'm just as big of an asshole as him yeah Match starts, and he, as soon as they walked away, and they were like, we'll do whatever, he looks at me, he goes, all right, you start off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of wow. course. 
And so I walk in there. We go. I go for a lockup, and he just punches me in the face. Like actually punches yes. you. I turn around. I catch the ropes. I turn back around. I act like it hurt more than it did. Yeah. It did hurt, but I turn back around. He hits me again for real. And this time I wobble a little bit more. So I'm trying to make him look like, look, I'm working with you. I'm yeah. making it look like. Come thing. on, come on. And then I turn around. He goes to punch me again, and I duck. And he kind of goes over, so I'm like, maybe he's working with me now. Yeah. But I'm still in like fight or flight mode. I just start punching him, like really punching yeah. him. Yeah. And he, uh, but I'm like, he's like 100 pounds heavier than me. Yeah. He falls backwards, and at the time I was like, I'm pretty good. In hindsight, he was falling for me. Yeah. <laughs> falls back into the corner. I go up to him, and um, he kicks me in the knee, but barely touches me, but enough that I know, oh, I should react to this. Like he kicked me in the knee, and then he grabs me by. The, I had really long hair. He grabs me by my hair and like whispers in my ear as he pulls me up, relax and work with me, and then barely touches me for the rest of the match. Okay, so you you ingratiated yourself, I guess, and then. People I had no yeah. talking. I've then... seen interviews online before. People are like, "Oh, they'll test the young guys," but I'm yeah. like, "When it's happening, you don't know." Yeah. Um, I tag my partner in, and they just beat the shit out of him and never stop. <laughs> <laughs> but they realized that I was cool. Yeah. And so then they started talking about and you and word they of mouth, and put then... you in contact with somebody else. And then after a year or so, they let me talk on the microphone more. I get experience being a good bad guy. And, and this is in uh, the independent circuit. In, yeah. This was throughout the Northeast, mostly upstate New. It was a company I. W this first show was in like New Rochelle in okay. a gym. Then some in Jersey, Pencil East Pennsylvania Wrestling was the name of a company. Company I worked for, um, and then throughout there was a company, non-city wrestling, that would do shows in upstate New York, never in a city. We bring entertainment to city uh, towns that never have it. Yeah, it's like Ithaca was too big of a city. We had to be 15 miles outside of Ithaca. Oh God! But it's where I kind of like worked my craft. We would have, we'd be given 15 minutes for a match and no one knew who we were it was me and the guys in the opening matches so one time I asked him I'm like can I talk on the microphone for three minutes before the match then we have a 12 minute match and I'll be a bad guy and then there's a rooting interest yeah and I got to the point, you know, at first you're trying it. I'm like, I'm going too far and the crowd's turned off or I'm being too clever and the crowd kind of likes me. But eventually I got to a point where give me a microphone for three minutes and I will, they'll hit the other guy's entrance music and the crowd's cheering without even knowing who it is because they're happy someone's coming to shut me up. Yeah. I'm just making fun of the local town. I'm calling their girlfriends ugly. I'm doing anything. So you, be, you really became the like yeah. a very good heel. Yeah. And I got, and that's, then there's a guy I knew who was from Vermont who was uh, the good guy up there and he wasn't getting cheered as much. And he's letting them know, bring Matt up here. He's a good, bad guy. We face each other. Give us six months to do a storyline against each other. They'll all be cheering for me. Yeah. So you get booked. Is that naturally on... who you are as a person? Do you, or do you uh, like fight, fight or flight? Do you lean more towards like the heel, like fight? Or are you naturally more of a, like a nice guy? Um, I think I'm a nice guy with a mean sense of humor. Yeah. Okay. That's why in roasting also, I think the best people in roasting aren't actually mean people. I, a lot of things I've said in roasting are things I would say. Yeah. They're like roast jokes. Well, and it goes back. Say. The reason I bring it up yeah. is because it goes back to what you were saying about school. Yeah. Where you were a nice guy. You just were get your mouth would get yeah. you in trouble. So I can lean into the bad yeah. things. Uh, yeah. Pretty yeah. easily 
Um, I think the best bad guys in wrestling or best villains are usually good people because you have to be real empathetic to be able to know what emotions you're touching on to really Absolutely. get people to react. Well, the people the who are good of- guys and want to be loved by everyone, they're usually fucking psychos. Yeah. Well, and sociopaths. It's the same thing in comedy. <laughs> yeah. Like, we hear stories all the time. Anthony Jeselnik, one of the sweetest people you'll yes. ever meet. And yeah. he goes on stage and same thing with um, Bill Tosh. Cosby. <laughs> Jerry, exactly. Bill Cosby. Clean comedy. Well, and there's some of those, and I know they talked about it on your mom's house before Tom and Christina, but there's some of those clean comics where they're psychos. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're repressing everything because that's your... And obviously, you know, I'm not mentioning anybody in particular, but just that idea that, oh, I'm going to be clean all the time, 100% of the time. Yeah. So you leaned into this and then you started... Like it started taking off in the independent circuit. Now... This is you're getting paid to do this at this point, right? Yeah, not much. I think overall, I did about three or four years. I probably broke even based on how much I was spending on travel. Yeah. I was in college at Stony Brook in Long Island, so I'm t- paying for Long Island Railroad tickets every weekend. So you were going so travel senior by, year of high school into your first couple years of college. You're doing yeah, this, yeah, up to spring break of my senior year of uh, college was my la- were my last matches. I was wrestling on a carnival in upstate okay. New York for spring break. Fuck yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what ended yeah. up happening? Like when you had the brain surgery, were you still wrestling? Or was no, that the brain after? surgery was years later. Okay. Um, I actually got looked at because I was having like mood swings and stuff. And I thought it was long-term effects of concussions. And I found out I had a thing I was born with that I actually, oh, really? that actually probably, who knows, maybe I would have been a greater athlete my whole life. This thing was just growing in my brain my whole life. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it was something that you, because this is, I love that you bring this up because I, this is something that I've dealt with just with because the reason I stopped playing football was I got my eighth documented concussion. Yeah. And they were like, hey, man, and then this isn't, you know, shortly after the lawsuit with the NFL came out yeah. and all these people were dying and they couldn't figure out why. Yeah. And these older generation of NFL players were getting diagnosed with CTE and everything. And they were like, hey, man, like you, you basically cannot keep playing like yeah. this is horrible for you so then after that and i started drinking a lot and stuff and then i started having seizures and like these horrible headaches wow. and stuff yeah. so i went to go see a neurologist and he goes yeah man like i we can't diagnose it until you die but you definitely have like cte and stuff yeah and my mood swings got way worse and my bipolar like flared way up and yeah. i couldn't figure out why and then it was because so you're having some of these issues and you think, yeah. oh, this has to do with the concussions. So, yeah, my last like few months wrestling, um, well, one, I wasn't getting booked as much because I burned plenty of bridges. I was, uh, you know, I um, once I got a few years of experience and I felt comfortable doing what I was doing, I wasn't like the other kid where my first match in or first year and I'm saying stuff. But once I felt like I knew stuff, I wasn't very diplomatic in letting people know if I disagreed with yeah. their direction. <laughs> Um, I'm way better about that now, but I was like 20 years old and I'm just like, I, I know what I can do when I, I still didn't. Um, so yeah, so I burned plenty of bridges and, uh, I started doing, uh, like the sketch comedy club in my college, uh, a few up things. And my thought was, cause I also had like bone degeneration in almost every level of my vertebrae. I'm oh, like shit. 21 years old. It's a 10 step process getting out of bed every day. I had knee issues. I was told I'm going to need knee replacements by the time I'm 40. And, I'm and this all- is all while you, because of wrestling while yeah. you're wrestling. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. The quote unquote fake wrestling hurt me way more than the real wrestling. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was three concussions in like a six month period. Oh, shit. Um, and I probably had, uh, there's four that I know about, um, and those three and one more, um, probably more. Yeah. Just what, based on what we know now. Um, and so I took a, took a break to do stand up. And then. Why did you do stand up? 
I wanted to um, ask you about that. So I had, I was always kind of the class clown. Um, I know you mentioned that. And did you, how did you know about stand-up, though? Because that was something like... So I watched, like, when I was a teenager, when we first got cable, Comedy Central was yeah. big. South Park was big. And then they would do the Comedy Central Presents, like, yep. all day long. Yeah. And so I would watch those, like, all the time. Okay, so that's how you figured it out. And then when I was in college, I started watching a lot more stand-up stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but still, because I, I would always, on wrestling road trips, we're all just, like, saying street jokes the whole, like, road trips. And yeah. Just cracking jokes with each other. And I would always post jokes on my Facebook because I never knew what to actually post. And then after a while, I would post jokes I came up with, but I wouldn't tell anyone I came up with it. I would just be like, this is another one I heard because I was yeah. too ashamed to say I was writing jokes. And eventually, it's people, a very vulnerable state. To yeah, be in. and eventually, people would say like, "You should write a book of these. You should do stand up. You should do that." So, and a friend of mine was running the sketch comedy club and told me to try out. And for the tryout, you had to do a monologue. And I'm like, I don't fucking know monologue. So I just read five minutes worth of my Facebook jokes. Oh, okay. And that was my first time doing stand up in the basement of the student union for three people who said, "That's good. You're in." That's awesome. Yeah. And then that winter, I came into the Manhattan, started doing open mics that summer too. And this is in 2012. Yeah, doing the talent shows and on campus that summer, I do open mics every day. Come back in the fall, perform at the same talent show, and felt so good that I'm like, if I feel the same that I get from wrestling, the same fulfillment I get from wrestling, I get here. Yeah. And I still always kind of in the back of my head thought maybe somewhere down the line I'd get back into it. And I've done some work with other wrestling promotions, more like managing or backstage stuff. But uh, overall, my heart isn't wasn't in it as much as when I was really doing it. Yeah. And then... This is only like three or four years ago now. I am having mood swings, anxiety, and stuff that I was dealing with personal stuff too. So it wasn't even like at a point I was kind of like, what? I'm, yeah, I'm upset, but it's because there's stuff to be upset about. Yeah, exactly. But it was after like a month or two months straight where I'm like, every day I've been either really sad or really angry. And that's not how I normally am. So I went to a concussion management clinic and started doing like rehab and they just tested me on based things like balance, coordinate, all this stuff. I didn't realize where issues were also issues. Yeah. I would feel wide awake during some of the treatments. They're like, that's how you're supposed to feel. You've been foggy like all the time. Yeah. And then I go to a neurologist and they send me to get an MRI as a precaution because at this point, six weeks of rehab, I'm feeling better. And uh, I get this MRI, and they're like, "There's a giant thing in your brain, and we don't know what it is, and we got to get it out now." What was what? what it was. It was. Uh, it's called a cerebral a cavernoma, so it's like a malformation of blood vessels. Okay. Um, like a giant blood clot, basically. When and I was had that since you were a kid. When I was when I brain formed, a couple of blood vessels tangled, and like a rubber band ball that just kept growing my entire. Oh life. my god. And they couldn't explain how I, I was 28. They're like, they don't know how I lived that long with it. They said I wouldn't have made it past 30. I shouldn't have made it that long. When they took it out, they saw how all the blood vessels were dead. They estimated it had bled over 100 times in the last few months. And every time something like that bleeds in your brain, it's like 15% chance of death, 20% chance of permanent damage. So I just, it's like one of those medical miracle stories. Yeah. Uh, like, hacky medical, I'm a miracle. <laughs> I have the same story. Yeah. I, not not the same, obviously, but I have a story about like, you should have been dead hours yeah. ago. How did you survive? Yeah. Bah, bah, bah. You're, you're lucky you're alive. Yeah. I think sometimes- Look at us sur- having things in Yeah, camp. there you go. I think sometimes also the, uh, the surge- Uh-oh. Did I just go out there? I hope we're still recording. Are we still- Yeah, I just don't hear my voice in here. I don't hear it either. Yeah. Suki, we good? You guys are still recording, but can you hear? 
Uh, no, his mic just went out. All right, cool. I'll come right in. What do we do? What do we unplug? Oh, um, we figured it out. <laughs> Sorry. Good. Yeah. There you go. Is this is where you guys need more water. Are you good? No, no good. I'm good. You're still, you're still alive. All right. Yeah. So three, two, one. All right, here we go. All right. So, so medical miracle. Medical miracle. Like that happened, I think I think the surgeons sometimes put that once they've saved your life, they're like, I mean, you would have been dead if you didn't have a great surgeon like me. <laughs> I think they may be amping it up I a little bit to too. make themselves look good. I remember because the second time I went to the hospital for alcohol poisoning, the doctors were like, listen, you got to stop drinking. Like, you're lucky. And I kept drinking for like 10 more years. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, at least the surgery took like seven hours. It was supposed to be three or four. He's like, it was really stuck in there. Yeah, that part of it. I did look up on WebMD like the symptoms I was having and what I had, and it does say that every time this bleeds, it is like you have a chance of dying. So did it affect you? I have so many questions. So yeah. did you finish college at Stony Brook? I finished college at Stony Brook. What did you go to school for? Um, I originally went for journalism because I thought if I don't make it in wrestling, I could write about sports. Um, but I wrote for the school paper and had an editor who I disagreed with. And when you have that, you just don't get to write what you want. Yeah. Um, I also took a class called The Business of Journalism that I think would make anybody who wants to be a good person not want to be a journalist. <laughs> um, there was a couple teachers I had I liked, but overall, they were all like journalists. And I felt like most of the people there were not people I wanted to be. Yeah. So what did you end um, up doing? I ended up changing. To, I wanted to drop out. My parents were like, just stay and get something. And I had taken a lot of history classes because I like history. Yeah, me too. So I just switched and I was still able to graduate on time with a major in history and a minor in journalism. Okay. All right. Yeah. So then you, um, did now you get the surgery. This is when you said you were 28. 28 yeah. So this is, you know, years after I'm well into stand up and I'm, yeah. I'm all comedy at that point. So what, were there any long-term effects? Like what? Not that I know of. Every once in a while, I think is everyone is everyone pretending that I'm not fucked up right now, and I actually am completely like, <laughs> yeah, I'm completely messed up, and everyone's just being nice to me ever since the surgery. But no, I think um, there's uh, certain things that are. I mean, almost immediately. Well, I was doing like the treatments before, but as far as anxiety and all that stuff, that were symptoms that hadn't been before. That all went away. Oh wow. Um. Yeah. I would. So you ended up coming out better than when you went in. Yeah, I mean, but also I also a lot of the stuff I would tell friends of mine about I'm like I'm crazy anxious, I'm miserable all the time like oh you're like every other comic. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so that stuff, but also that was stuff that I never really dealt with when I was younger really or up until like the 6 months or so before the surgery. Yeah. Um so yeah, I came out and all that was better, but there's no I mean I have a scar um, and also they said I'm pretty young for somebody who's had brain surgery, even though I'm old for someone who has what I had. Yeah. Um, so recovery wasn't that long. Like the first day or so I'm like with a walker learning to walk again, but two days later I'm able to, there was dizziness for a couple weeks, but for the most part, six weeks later, I'm back on stage, back working. I'm Hell like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, um, we were talking about it when you were 15 and how you were uh, partying and stuff like that. When yeah. you got into wrestling like full time, like yeah. in college and stuff, did you 
stop partying or did you party hard? Party harder. Really? I think I was a little smarter though. I wasn't getting in fights as I should. I wasn't starting fights as much. <laughs> I was still like cocky. So I was kind of like, somebody wants it. They can get it. Are but, you talking about as far as wrestling or just when you guys are out? After shows and bars. I was a good enough heel that people tried to fight me after shows. Really? <laughs> yeah. God, you were so good at it. Well, they would always fun. say the same thing. They'd always be, I know it's not real, but what he said about my girlfriend actually went too far. Oh, really? Yeah. So did you, um, you had to shut some people up? Shut yeah, it down? Yeah, I probably didn't have to, but when I was 19, 20, I was like, okay, doing it. Yeah. Um, How were you big back then? Because you said you were only about 140 about, in high school. And yeah, so. uh, yeah. And uh, my senior year of high school, I graduated on like 155, and I just like ate everything. I yeah. bulked. I got up to like 225, 230. I'm down like 210, 215 okay. now. But how yeah, tall? How tall? Six are you? two. Okay. Yeah, and at my biggest, I was. I mean, wrestling numbers. I'm six three, 235. Yeah. And <laughs> he, uh, he had the boots with the inch lift. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Add a few pounds to that weight. So then you, yeah. um, well, you, so when did the um, the wrestling, I, I guess lifestyle, like the yeah. partying and the going out, because we've all seen, you know, Beyond the Mat and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. When did that, did that happen when you, right when you started after the tag team match or was that well, something you kind of grew um, into? No, yeah. I mean, I hung out with the guys in the bar, but I still wasn't um, in with them yet. Once I did it enough that I had like my crew or the yeah. crew of people you'd go out with, I was still only ever a drinker because I started wrestling like within a year after the Chris Benoit tragedy. Yeah. Um, where even though we now look at it as more of a CTE thing at the time, a lot of the talk was he had steroids in the home and it was like a drug thing. Yeah. So even a lot of these independent shows would be drug testing. I don't think they actually were. I think they may have just been saying they were, but I was like 17 hey, you just can, scared. If you can scare enough people into yeah. thinking you are, you're going to. And I was, I mean, in high school, I only drank. I just, I didn't hang out with the potheads in high school. Yeah. So I was only ever a drinker. So when I started wrestling, my, I wanted to do steroids because I was so skinny and I wanted to bulk up. And my coach just told me, Work out for all four years of college. Eat all the protein and calories you can get. You'll be fine. He said at that point it would be worse for me to take steroids because the direction of wrestling is smaller, sleeker athletes, which if you watch now – I mean, when I was in the locker rooms, I was in the middle maybe. And yeah. re in the last few years, I've been in some wrestling locker rooms. I'm one of the big, tallest, biggest guys. Yeah, for sure. And I'm less big now than I was then. Yeah. So he, like now it looks like all drama kids who do CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's yeah, something so, I have noticed. Yeah. Just going back to the AEW thing, because a lot of the wrestlers would come into the restaurant. Yeah. And I'm like. I'm a giant. Next yeah, year. exactly. Like, there's a couple guys like Warlord and like Mox is like yeah. 230 and stuff like that. But uh, like some like MJF would come in and yeah. I'm like, dude, you're tiny. He at least looks in shape. Yeah. Because that's I think the bit Floyd Mayweather is like a big deal for that, that people saw, oh, the best fighter in the world is tiny Conor yeah. McGregor. So you can have some of that. My only th I don't like when I watch fighters who they can do flips, but then they throw a punch and it looks weak as shit. Yeah. Like, and you're like, come on now. Yeah. But, learn how to do the actual thing before you can like, let me believe you're a real fighter. Yeah. So you were you were told, hey, it's getting a little smaller. So it's, don't do the steroids. And also it, it's a bad PR look for you. Yeah. It's a it's a worse look to be caught doing drugs than it is a good look to be gigantic. Yeah, that's true. Um and uh, and he just said with other drug stuff, he's like I don't give a shit if you smoke weed or whatever, but fucking if you fail a drug test because of it and then someone in some small town somewhere cares and you don't get booked because of it, is it worth it? Yeah, true. And I was a drinker and they never tested for whiskey. Nope. So I was I was in college. I was partying it up every night in, in my so dorm. How was, yeah. how was that going? Because 
You were doing these shows a lot of the weekends. Yeah. So were you, because you're living on campus, I assume? Yeah. Stony Brook is pretty far from Yeah, Queens. I was dorming. I would say every two or three weeks, I would be on the road doing wrestling shows. So, other, so then I'd cluster them. So a whole weekend, I'm touring wrestling. Okay. And then the next two weekends, I'm back on campus. So when you're on campus, you, you guys are partying. When yeah. Did you get right into it when you got there? Or yeah, my, I, uh, I got lucky that uh, my first weekend, there was like, the frats are throwing parties for the freshmen. Yeah, we've heard and, this. Uh, we've heard this on the show. Then you, uh, I didn't know how I felt about going to a frat house people I didn't know so I was going to go a little later and on my way people were already coming back saying no they just throw the party and then after 20 minutes call the cops on themselves oh really and then so they don't have to get rid of all their beer and they just hang out and drink by themselves and all the freshmen get kicked out but it's a way to get freshmen you pay five dollars on the way in oh. so they were just scamming people fuck that and then like that week in like the, one of those like dorm meeting things uh, where everyone uh, they're doing icebreakers and everything yeah. I like was talking to the guy next to me who was a couple years older than me they threw parties at a house that they were friends with the guy who owned it and they would just go do parties there so party in the, the dorm in the dorm but then they would have parties off campus. Yeah, or even in the dorm, yeah. and that just became my party and crew. And yeah. those were guys who I became friends with and good trust. And so, yeah, even weeknights, weekends, we were. I was partying all the time. Then going on the road, wrestling, some small town. I'm under a different name, hooking up with girls I'll never see again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just fucking living the life, yeah. man. So then we talked about it. You get into stand up, you start doing that. Now, are you still at? When you get into stand up in 2012, obviously before the surgery, even after the surgery, yeah. are you still are you still living that kind of like wrestling lifestyle of like Not let's go really. out do shows and then get hammered? No, at that point I, f I feel like an old man almost. Where I'm like I've done my partying years. Yeah. I kind of got it. I've been since I was 15 years old. I've been going out and drinking. Then in my 19, 20, 21, I'm hooking up with girls plenty. By the time I'm like doing comedy, I had a mindset of I burned a lot of bridges in wrestling. I did some stupid stuff partying. I want to like I want to have a good reputation in comedy. I want to treat people better than I have in the past. So. I kind of like tried to reset myself and to the point where there's times where I'll like be at a party, a comedy party, drinking beer and someone's like, I didn't know you drank. And I'm like, I do. I just, I'm not partying all the time yeah. anymore. Um, a and year after I graduated, I remember we, um, a bunch of us, uh, my college buddies, we all hung out again. And when I'm hanging out with them, we're drinking like we drank before, but I hadn't drank like that in a year. Yeah. And um, I think I, you asked her a crazy drinking story. The, this is when I woke up in an ambulance. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, because we um, we I always all, love it when the stories just happen. Now. Yeah, we always we all. I'm drinking like I was drinking back when I was in college, but I just didn't have the same tolerance. Yeah. When at was that this point. again? Um, a year after I graduated. Okay, so this is like 2000 2013, spring okay. of 2013. We met up for one of our friend's birthdays. We would always drink on their birthday okay. each year. But this time, I hadn't been doing keg stands every night. I hadn't been going through- Where uh, are you living at this point? I'm back at my parents' place in Queens. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah, I hadn't been going through 12 racks of beer every night. Like, so- I'm drinking a bunch, and I don't remember much in this. Now, my friends have told me that we were all on the train on the way home. I seemed fine, and then I get off the train, and the conductor comes back on the doors closed, and he tells them, by the way, your friend just tripped over a cop's bike. Oh, really? I don't remember any of this. So this is when you got off the train, you yes, tripped over a cop's apparently. bike? Yes, apparently. I remember waking up in the back of an ambulance. Oh, Jesus. And them telling me, uh, and me not wanting a hospital bill, and yeah. them telling me, uh, there's the energy coming out again, and them telling me that uh, 
we can take you to the hospital uh, involuntarily if you don't want to go. I was like, I'm good. Let me out. And I'm just in the middle of Flushing, Queens on the way to the hospital. I'm Why st- were you in the ambulance? You never. Oh, they picked me up, I guess. And you would never know because you never ended yeah. up in the hospital. Yeah. They just have to drop you off. Yeah. That's actually what happened to me the last time I drank and ended up in the ER when I woke up. Like, I try to tell the story better as a storyteller. Yeah. But the end of the story, I always say I just left the hospital, but it's it's actually a lot more anticlimactic than yeah. that. Like I same kind of thing. I was like, I don't every second I'm in here is hundreds of dollars. Exactly. So once I had the ability to kind of like get up and move, and my yeah. friend who was with me was like, No, you can't leave, you can't leave. I was just like, I'm fucking pulling IVs out. I'm yeah. like, I'm fucking out of here, dude. Yeah. And they're like, No, wait, 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 you have to fill out. And I was like, Nope, I'm gone. Cause they can't physically stop it's not yeah. prison like, yeah. they can't hold you against your will yeah so i just walked out the front door that's yeah i just said let me out of here i don't want this bill i was supposed to do some like a uh, charity event later that day it was like an easter egg hunt yeah and a friend of mine who this was would be the next day uh yeah the no the i woke up in the ambulance it's like 9 a.m oh okay Jesus um, yeah. <laughs> we were out all night yeah <laughs> Um, and I'm supposed to do some event at like two or three o'clock. I call my friend. I'm like, Hey, don't be alarmed. I did just wake up in an ambulance, but I'm going to go home and nap. I'll be fine. I'll still be there. I slept till like 6 PM and never showed oh, you up. Never showed yeah. up? But she later told me she expected that I wasn't yeah. going to have to get in that call. God, were you like so hung over? I don't even remember. Honestly, I don't, maybe not at the time. I never really got bad hangovers oh, really? until the last few years. Okay. I've only started getting like pretty bad hangovers. So when you drink now, like if you have a couple of beers at a party or something, do you yeah. wake up like, Oh man, no, not a couple of beers, okay. but if I drink and get drunk, I was just on vacation and I was on a cruise ship yeah. and it was nonstop drinking. And uh, there were a couple of the days where I woke up pretty hungover and I just went to the gym, did like big shoulder workout or something. And that gets me over the hangover. Wow. See, that's yeah. I'm incredibly envious of people like you in that situation because my drinking was so like out of control that my hangover, like literally I would be on the cusp of giving myself alcohol poisoning like every night. Yeah. So my hangovers, every day I would wake up, like I would almost have to, uh, not almost, I would have to drink. To, like to just, get over the hangover. Yeah, just yeah. to like calm down. Cause- I had that with a buddy once. We uh, partied all night. Um, I remember it was- um, What it was, was in, this? This was in college. This was senior year. It okay. was uh, when they were recalling the Four Locos. Yeah. So we threw a going away party for Four Loco. <laughs> and uh, I remember my buddy had two full Four Locos. I had one. We wake up, then we get home at like- So much sugar, so much yeah, caffeine. We get back to the dorm alcohol. like 9, 10 a.m. We sl- I wake up at like- five i remember having gatorade gatorade was a big good hangover drink in the yeah. morning we had, had gatorade and chef boy rd for breakfast that's all i had in my dorm room fridge hell yeah um my buddy who had two four locos woke up at like nine or ten at night and i had to like wake him up because we were going out to party yeah again. so this is like 12 hours after you yeah and he's waking up with hungover going out to drink to get over the hangover yeah yeah, yeah that was something Cause uh, yeah, I just used to drink so much that when people tell stories like, yeah, when I go on vacation or something, I'll I'll let loose. I'm always like, God, what's that like? That's where I'm kind of at now where, well, some of it is also, you know, I was a big workout guy forever and now it's like, you know, drink a little too much and I see it and you see it now. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. So as far as like workout stuff, I like had to cut out more sweets and drinking was, but drinking is, uh, for me, it wasn't, um, I think it was always a party thing. I, I'm, I'm like grateful that I don't think I ever had like That's a awesome. problem with yeah, it. Yeah. Cause I've had, 
in doing this show, I've had a lot of comics on who are now sober. And by no yeah. fault, like it's not a requirement for the show. Yeah. It's just they come on and then they talk about how, you know, uh, we just had TJ on. And he talks yeah. about how he hasn't had a drink in a while. Obviously, SB is yeah. another person who hasn't drank in a long time. Yeah. Um, Isaac, Andrew, like yeah. all those people that I've had on just haven't been drinking. Tori, I'm trying not to leave anybody out because I don't yeah. want to be like, fuck you, man. I yeah. don't drink either. <laughs> but it's interesting to me because then... I'll have other people on like you who, yeah. for lack of a better term, are normal. Like you don't have, yeah. like you might have an addictive personality when it comes to working out and stuff, but it's not, it's not transitioning into like booze I think, and stuff. Yeah, like that. I think I have an obsessive personality. Yeah, exactly. Where I don't get addicted to things, but I'm like, I go and see a movie and I really like it. I now have to spend the next two hours and I get home reading everything about that movie, the sequel, the prequel, like okay, everything, so every actor. You have an and obsessive everything. compulsion, but yes. you don't have an addictive compulsion. Yeah. So if I'm like in partying mode or in wrestling, mode like with baseball when i was a kid i memorized every yeah. history of everything the stats of everything um so yeah with drinking it was all just like you know it's i think it's a similar thing where i'm not i don't do i'm not the bad thing but i'm the good kid who likes to do the bad yeah. thing yeah yeah, yeah. That's but i can always pull it back and as long as there's other stuff i'm doing like even in comedy i'm kind of like misbehaving in comedy so it's like all right every night i'm going up and saying things i'm not supposed to say every week at fight club i'm saying stuff i'm not supposed to say i don't need to be getting drunk every night yeah exactly yeah. you just like doing that you like dabbling in the the bad thing yeah so let's talk. You mentioned it a little bit ago. You went on vacation. Yes. You went to Alaska and then to Canada. If I followed yes, your story, yes, it was on an Alaskan cruise. Right? Okay. And we did one stop in Canada at the end. Yeah, I had mentioned to you. I was like, yeah, I'm not allowed up there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they take their DUI so seriously. It's so weird how strict. Like every magnet or souvenir thing is all about how we're Canadians and we love our beer. But then, like on the cruise ship, when you're docked, only one bar is allowed to be open on the ship on each floor when you're in. <laughs> Canada because of their drinking laws. So because of so the Canadians themselves you guys fancy yourselves I'm going to talk right into the camera for yeah. this one. You guys fancy yourselves heavy drinkers but that's only because your government has put a governor on how much mm. you're allowed to drink. Yeah. Why don't you come down south where you can drink as much as you want and then we'll see. Then we'll see who can I will really say, party. I maybe got to go to small town Canada because I was in Victoria, which is a city. Yeah. Um, and all the places I was no, in. It's in a Al city. I promise. Yeah. Well, because all the places I was in in Alaska, I was I was going to like local bars and just trying local beers. And the Alaskan beer I liked way better than the Canadian one. But also like in these small towns in Alaska, like Victoria's got a lot of stuff to do. In Alaska, all they have is beer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like they need it. Um, so what yeah. you had mentioned, not only were you drinking, but you did mention taking um, at Yes. So, so this happened? is interesting. My edibles story. I because I was getting drug tested. I was never a drug guy. I had never been high. Yeah. I was always drinking. And uh, then after I graduated college, I'm like, I'm not going to start a new habit to spend money on. I'm about to be a broke comic in New York for the next 10, 15 years of my life. Yeah. Um, and also I always felt like my drinking stories were always like, we got drunk and we did something fun and high stories always felt like we got high and watched family guy for six hours. Yeah. yeah. So Even I, cause I don't, I, I was always the drinker. My roommate in college, Murph was always the smoker. Yeah. And the only times I ever really smoked was when I was like super hungover and he's like, yeah. oh, this will help. But it's same thing. Like we would get high, and a couple times I got way too high, and we would just fucking watch TV. Yeah. And I'm Which like, is, this I is mean, not an adventure. Yeah, I think I'm naturally more kind of laid back. Yeah. So I want to get crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily need to be more laid back. But then last year I had a friend get married in Colorado, and we're all in the Rocky Mountains, we're all getting edibles, and I'm like. 
I'll try this. Yeah, Why not? And since then, yeah, every once in a while. And when I was going to be going to Alaska, I'm like, let me fucking. Let's do it. Let's get some. We were in Seattle before, so I got the edibles there. I didn't realize everywhere we went in Alaska, there were there were yeah. dispensaries. Oh, are they? So it's yeah. completely. All right. It's legal there. And there. I didn't know like small town Alaska, even if it's legal, maybe they won't have it. Yeah, I know exactly. some of it's a little more conservative. You never know. When I was in Colorado, it was like we were out like three hours outside of Denver. So there'd be these small towns like half a mile long. You could walk from one one side of the town to the other in 10 minutes and they all all of them would have like a store a coffee shop a restaurant and a dispensary like before hospital or police station you need a dispensary oh god um but yeah so i just like walked into the the like i since i've been doing edibles i'm like i do enjoy sometimes just having a night even at home i like I came back, I had leftover edibles, and there was one night I had free, I just, like, took an edible and w- rewatched Gladiator. Yeah. And it's just, I really do like just getting high and Is relaxing. that when you wrote that? You wrote that? Oh, the Gladiator yeah. thing. Yeah. I just wrote the- um, I saw it. The, the big speech yeah, that because, he gives and just replaced it with dirty words. Yeah. Because <laughs> I saw it for a second, because Gladiator's one of my favorite movies. Me and too. People, people listening know I quote, like, random movies all the time. Yeah. But my, I, me and my ex fiance used to talk about this. My first son, I was going to name Maximus after yeah. that. My name is, because it means the great in ancient yes. Greek. My name is Maximus, Maximus Decimus, Decimus Meridius, Meridius. Uh, uh, General of the Incels of the North. Yeah, you commanded it all around. <laughs> I was like, General of the yeah. Felix Legions of the North. And I'm reading and I was like, yeah. wait, that's his incel. Yeah. And then I was like, I kept reading and like, I was like, this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Husband to my bitch wife. <laughs> Father to a homosexual, and I will have my dick sucked in this life or the next. That was what it was. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, I'm like in Alaska. There's like the national parks. I'm just wandering in. I went far enough in that I could feel like I'm away from everything, but not so far in that if a bear eats me, no one ever finds my remains. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um there was like uh, Native so. Did you take yeah. them before you went in, or did yeah. you get to where you were going? It takes me about an hour to get a really good high. So I would like the ship would dock. I would take the edible and then go out and. Okay, so you around. were doing this like every day. Yeah. Okay. I did a few of the days. Um, the, for two of the ports, and then there was one day we were at sea all day, and that night there was like going to be DJing, dancing, and stuff, and I took an edible for that. Um, I'm still figuring out like my tolerance. Yeah. Like the first couple of times I did edibles, 25 milligrams and I felt high and it was good. Um, and then these were 10 milligram gummies. So I took two and then the day we were at sea, I took one and I still felt a good high. Okay. Cause I think it's because I haven't done it much. I'm like, I don't know if I'll have a low tolerance, but also I'm physically big. So yeah. maybe I'll have a higher tolerance. That's a weird thing because yeah. And I just know this from drinking was not only did I have high tolerance, but I was a big dude. So I remember yeah. like on my second DUI when I blew, the cop was like, how are you talking to us right now? And yeah. It's like, dude, like I've been, don't worry, I've been preparing for this my whole Yeah. Life. I mean, by the end of the, I think my tolerance for drinking comes back fairly quick. Like by the last day I had like 20 drinks maybe in a few hours and I was fine. Yeah. I was like drunk, but not, I didn't block Anyone out. in the medical profession listening is like, you're not fine after yeah, that. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. We were fine. <laughs> it was, um, that's, so I, I would do a lot of whiskey Cokes. I would do the cocktails they have. And then- You uh, would do straight Coke? Uh, whiskey Diet Coke. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah. the only reason I say that is because 
I can't imagine doing regular for how much I drank doing yeah. regular Coke. All the sugar and stuff yeah. that's in that, I'd be fucking. I usually you'll do. I'll usually do whiskey diet cokes. Yeah. I would have Michelob Ultras, and then I started a few years ago. I was on a cruise, um, and some of the girls we were hanging out with were ordering a drink called the Fuzzy Navel, yeah, which I had never had before. And ev- a couple times I tried to order it since, and the bartender doesn't know what it is, and I'm very embarrassed and I have to explain what it is. Peach but this schnapps, peach schnapps, and orange juice. And so I ordered it here, and I must have had like nine or ten in a row. Just one snaps. It's not even. It's not going to. That's a cordial, if anything. Yeah. So when I came in and ordered my first one, they had to refill the bottle. And by the time I ordered my last one, they had to refill it again. I don't think a lot of (laughs) other people were drinking peach schnapps. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yeah, those can trick you. The sweet drinks, I love either like the whiskey, the darkest like yeah. whiskey, or the sweetest like Mike's Hard Lemonade. Okay. I love sweet drinks. Yeah, I'm a, I got a sweet tooth too. I'm a yeah. sweet guy. When I was drinking, when I first started drinking a lot in college, I was a captain guy. Yeah. And I'd mix like captain and diet, or I would do like, then I started doing captain and Mountain Dew. I haven't done that before. That sounds... It's a fucking yeah. disaster, yeah. which is another reason why my hangovers were so bad, because it's right. like you're drinking the syrup. sugar. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember when my drinking started to get worse and worse after football, I started doing Captain... Or excuse me, Sailor Jerry, because I could mm. literally drink almost an entire handle of Captain, and I would feel sick before I'd feel drunk because of the sugar. Yeah. And it wasn't strong enough. Mm. So then I switched to Sailor Jerry, which you go from 70 proof captain to 92 proof yeah. Sailor Jerry. And that would fuck my day up. Yeah. And I loved it. And I would mix Code Red Mountain Dew yeah. with Sailor Jerry. Yeah. And that was, so you want to talk about sweet. That was the yeah. fucking. So once my alcoholism really took hold, I had to switch to vodka, vodka right. and Gatorade, because I was like, I can't do this like full yeah. sugar anymore. I'll do vodka Red Bulls a lot, especially it used to be, um, I haven't done it, but Fight clubs always on Sunday nights, and for a while, uh, one of the bars we were in, it was always a hangout after all. So, yeah. and it was the end of my week, but also like I was exhausted because I'm like, I finally did the fight club. I've been like planning for it like all, all week. week. You yeah. have dropouts, you have so much stuff you have to deal with the writing and everything. Every time, an uh, hour before the show, I'm like, I don't know if we're gonna pull this off. And we do. <laughs> God, every week you got to. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but then it's also Sunday, and I still want to hang out and drink. So I'd always, they always would have a vodka Red Bull ready for me. Oh, that's awesome. Um, because that's a good drink where it's like I want to drink, but I also need to pick me up right yeah. now. You, um, yeah, and that's the one good thing about vodka Red Bulls is it'll get you going. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about, so we have a couple more stories. We might not get to the homeless guy one, but yeah. I do want to talk <laughs> about this charity walk because yes. this seems hilarious. Yes. So I mentioned that I was um, going to do that Easter egg hunt. Basically, what, this all came about when I was in college. You ever heard of like Key Club in high school or Kiwanis International? Yeah, yeah Kiwanis. So yeah. in college, it's called Circle K. Okay. My high school had a Key Club. But I never knew anything about it. In college, the guy who I met that was like with my partying crew, a couple years older than me, my freshman year of college, he was- Is this the guy that had the friend that had the house? Yes. Okay. He um, was in Key Club in high school, and he wanted to start a Circle K on campus. Okay. And I was just hanging out with them all the time. I was just looking for stuff to do on campus. So I joined with them. I was the treasurer. I ended up becoming president. Oh, wow. I would go to the conventions and everything because, I mean, you know, mostly it's like I'm just trying to do stuff and be involved with stuff, whether that's partying, doing community service sure going rebuilding houses in new orleans for habitat for humanity and partying on bourbon street every night that's an event you did that um, yeah no that's awesome we did a week and it was um the international events would be a week somewhere one week was st louis one year was virginia beach and one was new orleans okay and new orleans we were in a hotel a block away from bourbon street so that the was sheridan 
I think so. Yeah. That's the one we stayed in when I played in the New Orleans. Yeah. Bowl. And every night out Literally, on Bourbon Street, it's a fucking block away, man. Up at seven a.m. and rebuilding ha- homes that were damaged in Katrina. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um. So yeah. So for a lot of these events, there was um. Yeah, there was one night, one of the drunkest I've ever gotten, and the next day I had to go from Long Island to Manhattan to the Parkinson's Unity Walk. Yeah. And um, so the night before, you get fucking hammered. Yes. Um. I don't remember a lot of it. Um. I woke up and my dresser was on the other side of the room. Papers are on the floor and everything. This I realized. Is in your dorm? Yes. Um. My roommate was gone for the weekend, so it's just me in the room. I don't know what has happened. Um, I know did, uh, yeah. so many. How did you even start drinking that? Because you're not a drink alone guy. I was at a party with my friend, with okay. my in the in the dorm, and uh, from what I do remember, I was playing beer pong, and one of my friends decided that, well, when you you have to drink when someone makes a shot at your yeah. cup, but when you're making shots, you're not drinking. What if you celebrated every time you made a shot with a shot of Jack Daniels? Oh my god, that's <laughs> so, terrible. Um, that was one of my last memories of the night yeah. um i'm just drinking all night um my other one of my suite mates we had like the suite so it was three rooms in each suite yeah um and uh you guys all share a bathroom and then, yeah yeah um so there were like six of us yeah. the one who was in my room with me is gone for the weekend we come back down well so one of my suite mates comes back down my other suite mate who was still in the room didn't go to the party sees him really drunk and is like are you okay and all he says is Matt's worse. <laughs> and then two other guys from the party come into the room carrying me in. That's hilarious. Um, this is all like secondhand from what I was told happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember you're blacked any of this. Out of this yeah. Room. Um they put me down in the bed. Um I said I had to go to the bathroom and they're like, All right, then go. And I start unzipping my pants, like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pick him up and walk him to the bathroom. Yeah. And they hear me pee, they hear the toilet uh they don't hear the toilet flush. So they go in and then they don't see anything in the toilet and just start looking around like, where did he go? Oh, my God. I think the the best guess is the shower. Yeah. Um, because they didn't see it on the floor anywhere else. Um, apparently that night I tried to puke in my shoe at one point, um, which is kind of nice. Like I had the wherewithal to know I should puke in it's something, something. <laughs> not just on the floor everywhere. I had, we had a very funny comic from yeah. Jersey, Alex Nichol- Nichols yeah, on the show. I know him. Yeah. And he talked about throwing up in his backpack on the train. Uh, yeah. Because same thing, though. He was, yeah. like, fucked up. And he's like, well, I got to throw up somewhere. And exactly. I'm not just going to throw up. Yeah. So he opened up his backpack, took out his Jordans, and threw up in his backpack. Yeah. So you try um, to throw up so in a shoe. So I tried to throw up in a shoe. Um, uh, they moved the dresser out of the way to, like, be, all be around so me in the bed. that's how, yeah. And so I wake up the next morning, like, a half hour. I, I'm missing the, missed the first train. I have to get the next one. I'm going to get there a little late, but still in time to do this Parkinson's charity walk. I was the only one going from my school. Yeah. So that's why I, like, had to go, too, was, like, each club for different events, you'd have a representative from your so school. So you have to be there. I was the representative from Stony Brook Circle K. Yeah. Um, and so I wake up and I'm like, I got to go and I'm not hungover. I'm still drunk. Yeah. I don't know how long ago it was. I went to sleep at that point. I'm still drunk. So I'm like wobbling to the Long Island Railroad. Um, I like call, uh, I'm wondering who else is going to be up. I called my brother. I'm like just calling friends to talk, to try and sober up by talking. Yeah. Um, my sweet mates call me. Um, because they're freaking out. They just woke up and, and, you're they, gone. and I'm gone. And they're like, <laughs> where did this guy go? Um, and so I'm talking to them. I don't think I really fully sobered up, but I was like, cause I was still energetic. I wasn't even yeah. tired. 
Um, Had we all got that Jack Daniel's sugar running through your body. Yeah, we got dinner after the Parkinson's Unity Walk, and my head was just down the whole time to the point the waiter had to like it was like a nice restaurant. The waiter had to ask my friends to make sure my head stayed up because it looked bad for somebody to be passed out in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember I get there. <laughs> There were a couple people who I was friendly with who I knew. Um, I remember a little bit of this. I remember there was one girl who I just drunkenly rambled to about pro wrestling for like three hours. We ended up like being good friends after. That was one of the first times we met. And she said she thought she would never want to talk to me again <laughs> after that. That's all. So I'm just drunk. And someone, I guess, mentioned something about pro wrestling. And you were like, and I'm, well, just, I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I did the Parkinson's Unity Walk, which, by the way, is so fun. Like they make jokes. Yeah. Like all they have the they play like shake, rattle, and roll on the spears, shake it by Metro Station. Yeah. All the top fundraising team names like the Movers and Shakers, like they're doing puns about Parkinson's. Where if I were to like say that to someone, they'd be like, "That's a messed up joke." I'm like, "This is what they do when they're raising money for it's it." It's so weird because we um. You and I, I think are similar in the fact that some of the stuff we say on stage, people will be like, <gasps> and yeah. we're like, no, this is the fucking what we're. This is the point. This is what we're supposed to be yeah. talking about. I can. I've gotten better at on stage being able to bring everyone in. Where it'll still get me is uh, you post like clips online, yeah, or clips from a podcast because that's where there's no context of the comedy yep. club. It's just. You're scrolling through. You just saw a military family reunion. You saw a Make-A-Wish get granted. And now it's me doing a Holocaust joke. You're yeah. like, fuck this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you ended up doing the, the walk. You got yes, it done. I got there. I did the walk. passed out at the restaurant. Passed out at the restaurant Excuse afterwards. Me, can you tell your friend? He needs to keep his head up. Yeah. We have, a, we have an image to maintain. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you Absolutely. Again. Thanks for having Plug me. Plug everything into the camera one more time. Comedy Fight Club, greatest roast battle show in the world. We've been doing road shows. So follow the YouTube channel. You see we got a Connecticut show on there. We got Philadelphia coming up, New Jersey. Yeah. And then September, we're back in New York every Sunday night at Comedy Fight NYC on Twitter and Instagram, youtube.com slash Comedy Fight Club, Patreon for bonus content, and Locker Room Talk Podcast. Boom. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening at Brennan T. Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Uh, getting the one-man show together that'll be uh, hopefully ready to roll in January, so check out the website for updates on that. And subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash Brennan Don't forget to get your merch, and we will talk to you all next week. 